Welcome to the La La Land pod, La official La podcast. Land. This is a Damien Chazelle podcast. I'm your host, Misha Jahari, with Joel Kim Booster, and we will be breaking down every Damien Chazelle movie from top to bottom. <laughs> All 10 out of 10 for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mitra, stop lying to the listeners. This is not a Damien Chazelle podcast. This is an advice podcast called Urgent Damien Care. Damien Chazelle. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I am it's your host. What the Chazelle, a Damien Chazelle podcast hosted by two absolute cinephiles. <laughs> I'll kill you. You know how fried my brain is. I can't deal with this today. Um, I am. Part of La La I am your Land. one. I'm your one and only host today. The only the, carrying this podcast on my fucking back <laughs> up the hill. Joel my Kim favorite Booster. part of La La Land was sort of the dream sequence towards the end. <laughs> My and my favorite part is, of Whiplash was when he played the drum. I don't think that happened in Whiplash. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Do you? That, that is the, the best improv we've ever done is just me saying, no, that didn't happen. Um, as we all know in improv, it's perfect. The, the one number one rule is you say no to your partner immediately. Wait, Joel, I have to tell you something. I have to tell you something. Well, you'll, introduce you'll yourself be- first. Okay, I'm Mitra Jahari. Okay. <laughs> um, I did an improv podcast, and I was oh, thinking of you. Because <laughs> when I'm with him, I am thinking of you. <laughs> feeling hurt, feeling betrayed, feeling sort of proud, feeling surprised. Um, which I know. Tell our listeners which podcast it is so they can go, they can run, not walk. To go and find so, it. my friend Dan White hosts a podcast with his friend Tim Lyons called Improv is Dead. It's an improv. I went to college with Dan. Um, he does improv in Chicago and a bunch of other stuff. He's very funny on Twitter. Um, he had that video. <laughs> Who is it? Do you remember that video where he's like running and he runs into uh, Bill, Bill Murray on the street? Do you remember that? It was like no. viral, whatever. Um, <laughs> he's very funny. But I, but I was like, wow, if Joel could see me now doing doing improv <laughs> after, after skewering him for wanting me to do improv. After <laughs> After begging you day after day after day to just do improv with me. But I do often do improv with you. I mean, what is this podcast but improv? <laughs> that was tightly scripted, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> every um, every like, every whoa. Uh, well, that's naturalistic. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, so. That is Damien Chazelle. That is Damien Chazelle. So naturalistic. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, now I'm never going to get to work with Damien Giselle. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those of you who are just freshly tuning in, this is an advice podcast. As I said, up top, we take calls, we take emails, we give advice. It's unqualified, as you will hear when we read some of these cup dates. Um, we are talking out of our assholes many, of, many days, many, many, many days. You should not take our advice, but many people do. Um, they do. And, um, yeah, that's sort of the deal here at Urgent Care. Mitra, how the hell are you? You know, Joel, I'm kind of like going through it a little bit. Um, 
I'm like, okay, I, I really, you know, I want to sort of like give the warning up top. I'm going to talk about body stuff. Okay. Um, so you can skip ahead a little bit if you don't want to hear me talk about that. Um, but I have been confronted with my ever changing body and that is okay. But I'm, I'm really like, it's just crazy to like when doing, um, doing a TV show means that you're looking at your body in a way that you never look at your body. Yeah. And yeah. I like, love my body I feel like strong and healthy and then I I like it's just I'm I'm going through like a complicated week with my body but I but I am so grateful for therapy because I really like have devoted the last three sessions to being like so my body used to look one way and now it looks a different way discuss (laughs) 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 but I'm feeling pretty good and I, I really like I had some great conversations with my friends because I was really like spinning out about it. And I was like, I feel like I I really went through something and then sort of got through it with the help of my community and therapy. And I feel like really proud. Not that I think it's going to like, like now I'm actually completely convinced that I will never feel bad ever again. But I, I do feel like proud to have like clawed my way out of something. <laughs> that's I, my news. Wow. I, can I just say that like, um, I went through something so similar this weekend. Um, really? Because, well, so what happened is um, we, a bunch of the vaccinated gays in my in my circle, went <laughs> we the vaccinated, da- dr- we the vaccinated gays, drove down to San Diego to celebrate my one of my very very good friend Chris's thirtieth uh, birthday. Shout out to Chris because he is a listener. Um, <gasps> Happy birthday, Chris! <laughs> he said he, he looked me in the dead he dead in my eyes and said, "I love Mitra and Joel, Joel and Mitra this weekend." Um, and wow! It's, yeah, he really is a fan, and um, it was a bunch of us in a, in a beach house. Um, and it was I was feeling so psychotic about my body because the problem was it was a, 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 f- a cycle of body dysmorphia because there were like four of us who have terrible body dysmorphia and three of them were like twice as shredded as I was. So I was like, if you're talking shit about your body, like, what do you miss? What do you think of mine? But it and- is that feeling of like. Like, yes, I have the most disgusting body in the world, but then every other person in the world has the most beautiful body. (laughs) And and everyone's looking at me like we were. But but it but it is. It's like such a nightmare when you're in those those cycles. Spaces. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And Chris, I mean. Chris really gave me some tough love this weekend and it was just like, you need to shut the fuck up. Everyone is beautiful. Um, and he, you know, it, it's hard to explain. It sounds very simple what he said to me, which was just decide to be just decide to feel good about yourself, yeah. um, which is but the way in the way in which the moment in which it happened and the way in which he did it by grabbing his own gorgeous body um, that he, uh, in front of me was was so healing in a way. And the whole weekend was really, really just like a wonderful healing weekend. There was a lot of, a lot of dressing up in drag, performing for him. Yes. We did a roast. We did a roast. <laughs> I cried at the end of my roast for him. Um, many people cried. Um, we, at the end of the weekend, we did a joint circle where we had to talk about our favorite moment of the weekend, which kill me. It, it, on paper, kill me. On you know how me. I feel. You, you on paper, kill me. But then when I tell you, I wept. Um, that's that's how I feel. I'm always dragged into like any activity, and then once the activity happens, I'm like, I can't believe we're doing an activity. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, it was really great. And I like, I don't know. I just like for the first time 
this is the first time I've done something like this since my dad died. And um, I was around people whose parents I haven't seen and whose parents have also passed away. And there was like quiet moments where I was like talking to them and processing that with them and like sort of being shepherded through the grieving process as an adult. And it was really powerful and wonderful. And it all happened in Sandy fucking Diego, wow. um, which is the this is an Florida ad for San Diego. I know. <laughs> Go to San Diego and be healed, my friend. I mean, I do think like what I what I took away from this like very bad week um, was like I feel like you know we're still in this horrible period and it's so isolating and like mm. we'll will it will be years before we like really understand like what has happened to us mentally but i do think it was like it was the first time in a long time that i like we've been going through so much stuff so alone even if you're like with a pod or whatever it's like really like choosing to like reach out to my people and be like i feel so bad but i but i know i don't have to feel this bad help <laughs> was yeah. like amazing i just like i i don't know i i i guess ask for help is like my my point but it really was like um it made such a difference i was like i felt so bad and then i was like i didn't like go to bed being like everything's perfect but i real i at least like went to bed being like i'm so loved and like my life is like a lot of other things other than like physical form yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but it was great and then i watched um yeah i'm on season four of pretty little liars the rumors are true people this is the new this is the new artist way people want to know people want to know oh yeah this someone was asking about the artist way i quit i gave up on that <laughs> <laughs> And you replaced it with the Pretty Little Liars, which is in its own way, its own artist way. In my, I and I do feel that I will complete this. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, instead of writing, instead of any sort of creative prompt, I just sit with my jaw unhinged, staring at my laptop screen. <laughs> like <laughs> it really is. Like this week, though, I've been listening to like Jack Johnson, watching Pretty wow. Little Liars, and I got a. Secondhand juicy couture velour jumpsuit. Okay, Something you sound like you live happening. in San Diego right now. <laughs> I know. Something crazy. Like something is like going on. And I don't know. I'm not like, I'm sort of just letting it like wash over me. Rain on me. <laughs> but when I zoom out, I go, I'll look back on this and <laughs> hopefully have a diagnosis. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have two two takeaways from this weekend for me it was really like I this is the first time I I did like a trip like this with people you know um and it was since the pandemic started and it was really remarkable to me because a lot of them were like I I do think the pandemic has changed my personality in a really fundamental way because I I did the roast and people came up to me afterwards and they were like, you were so funny. And it's just so interesting because you're just not um, <laughs> in real life. Like you're just so, uh, so quiet and so subdued now. And that is like, that really scared me. That really put the fear of God in me because I, I don't know what I would do without this podcast, this out, this specific outlet to make me feel like I'm like, you know, and, and the thing is, is like, we all know I'm not funny on this podcast. Um, <laughs> 
everybody knows everybody talks about it and that's like that's the voice in my head that's what's i'm i'm thinking that's and, what and you feeling. hear when you do this podcast that's not hear, not right, me laughing every time you open your yeah. mouth <laughs> <laughs> um but it, it really did make me feel like oh my god this is there's a fundamental change in my personality and this needs this needs to end soon so that i can get back to being who i was which is vivacious and 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 <laughs> not broken not a broken person i can't even think of words anymore that's the th- that's the problem is like things don't remind me of other things anymore and that is the cornerstone of comedy is things reminding you of other things um, or just going that's sort of my comedy is i go piss and then the big announcement i have that I think is exciting is that I've decided after this weekend, after observing Chris and his boyfriend, Kevin, who are both dear friends and, um, and I've known them for a long time. They've been together for a couple of years. And, um, but something clicked in observing them this weekend and it, it might've been the drugs that I was on, but mm. I am now fully, I am open to a relationship. <gasps> I know it's the timing is really bad. I like it's actually really good the time well yeah it's it's just like a crazy time to be like be putting out into the universe like hey I think I'm ready for a man to come into my life this is crazy partner this is yeah I know because it's been like the last like five years I've been like I don't want it I don't want it I don't want it but now I'm sort of like if it comes if it comes I'm not saying I'm like actively looking right now you're open but I'm open to it in a way that I have before because something about there like and it their relationship just it, it works in a way that made that finally made relationships make sense to me in a way that it was like supportive and not jealous and also just like I don't know caring in a way that just made sense in a way that other models of relationships have never seemed appealing to me like and something clicked this weekend where I was like I want that and I want something I want that for me, but in a, in a different way. It doesn't have to be the exact same relationship, obviously. But we talked a lot about like gardener flower relationships, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm a gardener or a flower yet. I think a lot of people assume that I'm a flower, but um, I, I don't and know. And can you like explain for those who don't know gardener flower? Gardener flower is sort of like every relationship there in every relationship. There is a gardener and a flower. There is a person who is like sort of the caretaker and there is a person who's being cared for, I think. In a, in a way, I think you you see in successful relationships this ha- dynamic happens. I think you see a lot of flower flower relation flower on flower relationships. Disgusting, doesn't work. <laughs> Too much narcissism. I think gardener gardener relationships probably are a little bit more workable. What do you, who do you, who do you, who do you think is the gardener and flower in your relationship with? Work? I think we're kind of two gardeners. Um, yeah, because I, I was trying to think. Like I I think um, if I you had we... to if you had to put into two buckets because I have it I think I know I think I'm the gardener um but I don't know I mean I I do feel like I don't what, what do you think it's hard I think to, you're the flower really I think you're the flower yeah I think the way in which wit sort of stands back and supports you quietly is yeah in, in your endeavors because like you're out there like, just think about all the projects that you spearhead. Think about everything that you do. Like, you are a gardener to the world, but I think within your relationship, you oh. are the flower. Yeah. Wow. That's so true. He really does. T- <laughs> like crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think that's true. I do think I'm the flower. You're totally right. He is my gardener. Wow. He. Li- oh my god. I just. He literally made me a garden. <laughs> 
like, actually, I'm like, I'm changing his fucking life every day. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's like the only reason I'm alive. <laughs> yeah. And see, I need that. I think I am definitely a flower. And it's hard to admit that. But I'm yeah, kind of, I don't uh, really think of myself as flower, but I really am a, in my relationship. Yeah, because that's the thing. I think both of us have like we're both responsible. We're both on our shit. We're both like taking care of business. But like, I think what I what I've always wanted is somebody who will take care of me. And so I don't have to, you know, so that I can sort of sit back into it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think like a major thing that and I I won't say too much more about it, but I do. I feel like having someone that I like and I think this will be whatever person you end up being in a relationship with is like someone that I feel comfortable being like, take care of me. (laughs) I'm really tired. I really don't want to drive. Can you please drive me downtown? (laughs) (laughs) Having him be like, okay, (laughs) get in the Subaru, babe. (laughs) Oh, so yeah, I'll keep everybody updated. I can't wait to fall in love in the midst of a pandemic. Um, I'm ready but, for it. But as we as we as we sort of make our way out, making my way out of the pandemic, did, <laughs> I gotta stop. Making my way downtown. Did you see that? I will have to plug that the like the twenty minute Vanessa Carlton. Like I think it's like Vice or something. They did a documentary on the making of that song. Um, Perfect. And it was so cool. <laughs> it was just really sweet. I was like, I don't know. She's cool. She's just really cool. Yeah, she's the best. Anyways, um, that's how you want to end our little catch-up chat, which, peek behind the curtain, the listeners don't know this. We haven't recorded in, like, weeks together. This is this is a real catch-up. It's a real catch-up. It's and a I did, real catch-up, what you're seeing. And you're now doing. it's time to put the catch-up in a cup date. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Chelsea's jaw as always. on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so the first cup date, we have a couple um, dealing with, um, this is uh, Shader Mitchell, um, one of the best uh, Pretty Little Liar names that we came up with. When that we was maybe that. our best. Yeah. Um, we got a bunch of responses to this, obviously, as we sort of knew, I think we sort of knew we would be. Um, and this is a perfect urgent care question because it is something that we, neither one of us was qualified to answer. <laughs> sort of put Chelsea on the spot to speak for all Jews as well. Um, <laughs> but, and we got some responses. There are some that agreed. And there were uh, many that did not. And we're going to take this one. This first one, I'll read it, um, is from someone who did not agree. And that's fine. And that's fair. Hi, Urgent Care team. Huge fan with a second Jewish opinion here for Shader Mitchell. You will probably be getting a lot of these emails. So I hope regardless of whether you read mine on the pod, you read one of them. In my opinion and in the opinion of lots and lots of Jews out there, seriously, if you're not on J Twitter, you've seen threads. Seriously, if you're on J Twitter, you've seen the threads. Christian satyrs are always appropriative, but not always intentionally so. Mini history theology lesson here. While Jesus may have been celebrating the Passover holiday during the Last Supper, he was not doing a Passover Seder as we do them today. Jesus lived during the time of the Second Temple, so his celebration of Passover involved bringing a sacrifice to the temple and then eating it at home. The ritualized meal that is now celebrated for Passover wasn't created until after the destruction of the Second Temple and was completed around... 500 to 600 years after Jesus died. So there is no Christian basis for a Passover Seder. If Christians want to honor shared biblical traditions, they should sacrifice a lamb on an altar, burn it, and then read the Exodus story. That's what's written in the Torah, also known as the Hebrew Bible. Christian Seders are considered to be part of the Christian supersession. Oh boy, this is a word. Super. 
secessionism, which is basically the Christian idea that Christianity replaces Judaism, making Judaism obsolete and invalidating the Jewish people and our religion. It essentially says that Christian practice is right and Jewish practice is wrong. So it's always confused me why Christians want to do a Jewish practice anyways. It has also been used as a justification for violence against Jews throughout history, but especially during the Passover Easter season. Look up blood libel if you don't know what I'm referring to. This is the reason that so many Jews feel a variety of feelings about Christian satyrs from discomfort to anger, but also obviously some Jews don't care at all. As they say, two Jews, three opinions. While not all Christian satyrs are ill-intentioned, many of them are not. I think that Shader Mitchell has every right to tell her friends that it makes her uncomfortable and explain why. There are plenty of Christian holidays to celebrate. There's no need to take one from the Jews. If they love satyrs so much, they should cultivate relationships with Jews so that they can get invited to theirs. Anyway, I hope this is helpful. P.S. My partner and I are both huge fans and blah, 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 blah. They're huge fans. Much love. Um, that was a lot to take in, but I thought it was important to read um, because yeah. there's a lot of context there that obviously none of us had. I'm um, so uh, grateful this person took the time. I really um, <laughs> I learned. I learned all of that from this. I learned. Yeah. I did not know any of that. And now and again, we're taking you at your word. Where we are hoping you're an expert and not just someone who's trolling us and making shit up. That would um, be amazing, though. That would I... be really. <laughs> I mean, we we couldn't even be mad at that point if you no. were just making all that shit if you, up. If you are like smart enough and good enough of a writer to like create a, a religion, basically, <laughs> then I sell. Celebrate you, and I will donate to whatever temple you inevitably create. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, we have another call. Just a, another little perspective. Should we play it? The um, the one of yeah, I I think so because a bunch of people brought that one up, and okay, like we got great. multiple emails. Cool. Hi, Dolan Mitra, Mitra and Joel. Love you both equally. Um, I have a cup date for Shader Mitchell, um, the caller who was feeling weird that her non-Jewish friends were hosting a Seder. Um, it reminded me of this episode of a different podcast called The Sporkful. Um, they have this episode called Other People's Holidays, where the host, um, who is Jewish, he attends a Seder hosted by non-Jewish people. Um, and he also goes to a Chinese New Year party hosted by white people. Um, and it was a really interesting listen about how to respect a culture or tradition without appropriating it um, or what appropriation means, especially related to uh, holidays. Um, so it could be helpful to listen to um, that episode or maybe show it to your friends who you're uncomfortable with um, hosting a Seder. Um, yeah, not to promote another podcast on your podcast, <laughs> but I just wanted to uh, offer that up because it was a good episode. Okay, bye. So we got a we got several people um, sending us to this episode. I've downloaded. I haven't listened yet, but um, you, I, I sounds great. Um, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch please of people continue to, to promote other podcasts on this podcast, please. <laughs> we love that. If there's an episode of Lost Culturistas that is, seems relevant to this, then please, by all means, we I love. celebrate it. We, we celebrate. Got, we got a Lucy Hale update that I already knew because I listened to Who Weekly. Shout out. <laughs> Babe, amazing. you want free promo? We, we got you. <laughs> um, okay, so this is for... Um, this next cup date is for Show Me the Monet, which is the roommates who had were um, fighting over a painting yes. that they both stole from their last landlord and now <laughs> are not sure what to do with it now that they're moving um, separately. So, Okay, so this is for Show Me the Monet. Um, I think that obviously they have to 
uh, do a random draw, but I think that they could have it be like really fun. You have to kind of do it up big. Um, and I suggest like a awards ceremony vibe. Okay. So like, <laughs> hear me out. So come up with, a, with your closest, like vaccinated friends, socially distanced, masked, <sighs> whatever, but you have to have a get together where you like wear fancy dresses and you have cocktails inspired by the painting and snacks inspired by the painting have like a big party um and then a good friend needs to be the master of ceremonies and you know welcome everyone um pick a a name from a hat like randomly and so it's either you or your roommate but you guys have also both written acceptance and uh concession speeches and in those speeches (laughs) you guys need to say like what you love about living together, you know, really have, you know, put in some of your favorite memories, some inside jokes, things like that. Um, and just have it be like a really fun thing. And so instead of it causing a rift, it can actually be something that like celebrates your partnership. It can, and it can be like a nice homecoming or home going for the painting. And, um, just a celebration of your time as roommates. You guys seem like you have a great relationship, which is honestly something to be celebrated because roommate situations can be horrible. So that's my suggestion. Um, yeah, have a great day. Uh, I love you both, Joel and Mitra, and um, I guess you too, show me the Monet. Let me know <laughs> if this is like way too unhinged for you, but I think it could be really fun. Never, never, never too unhinged. Never too unhinged. We have love so this. many updates. We got we to gotta keep moving. Um, this next one is for Baby Shitters Club, which is our gentleman who is in a relationship with someone whose fetish is diapers and wasn't and he's not into the fetish and wasn't sure what to do. So um, this is an email, actually. So, oh, would you, would you it would it? be it would be my honor. Um, OK, wait. Oh, it's a, it's got to be a call, right? This is I think I m- might have put it in wrong because. The way, the way that this is spelled, yeah. it, it must be a call. <laughs> Kink educator's dead. <laughs> Hi, Joel and Mitra. Mitra, I'm Joel. Uh, this is uh, a chef with a little follow-up to, or I guess, advice for, I think it was Baby Shitters Club, um, <laughs> the caller, uh, was it a caller, emailer. Um, I think another option um, is sex work um and also like kink practitioners kind of pseudo sex work or like along the lines of sex work um but i think that's uh more a potentially more contained um and safer option um for people who don't like fully want to open up the relationship um i think it can make a lot of like partners feel a little bit more comfortable with the situation um if it's someone who's doing it um, because it's their job. Um, And also I think it can potentially be also better for the person who's exploring the kink um, because kink educators, um, if you're doing diligent research, um, can be like super wonderful um, for exploring those kinks. And, uh, you know, you just can never trust people. So um, that's my (laughs) advice. Went from a very sort of like beautiful, optimistic thing to a warning about human nature, which I I, I celebrate. Um, And then our final... our final call uh, cup date is Flying Girl Sario, another amazing name that I think we can all agree was really good. And <laughs> this was the person who was thinking about 
uh, he and his girlfriend were thinking about her coming to stay with him for three months in his city to see if their long distance worked. Hi, guys. Um, this is Flying Girl Osario with, uh, with an update. Um, so, unfortunately, by the time that um, I heard this podcast, which was yesterday, we had, say it with me, broken up, which <laughs> um, was uh, really, really sad, of course. Um, but it was the right thing to do. Um, and you guys were right to be sensing my reticence. Um, I think I was like leaving a lot out about how I was feeling, um, and my ambivalence. Um, and I kind of wanted you guys to, to tell me to do it. So I'm sorry that I kind of played you guys a little bit. Um, but you really listen, played um, us. <laughs> I really, really love this person. And, um, for reasons you can probably imagine. Also, I left out that this is my first relationship. Um, so mm. for reasons you can probably imagine, I w- didn't feel ready for this sort of commitment. Um, but um, it was just a, a beautiful a beautiful thing. And, you know, I consider it very much in the cards that we'll reconvene at some point once, I, once we've taken some time. Um, but I don't know. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to give you guys the update. So it's not a, it was a, it was a very loving breakup. Um, and I appreciate you guys and I feel very seen by you guys and you know me better than I know myself. All right. Bye. Okay. Frightening. Really frightening. Um, it's good that you broke up. You didn't want to do it. It was so clear. You knew deep down you didn't want to do it. And knowing it was your first relationship, kick into the curb <laughs> onwards and upwards my friend onwards and upwards and onwards and upwards for this podcast we we you guys were furious that we had no cup dates the last couple of weeks but boy oh boy did we make up in kind this week so congrats to everybody good. who good. um wrote in and got their stuff called uh played on the podcast we're very excited but we have to take a break and we then when we come back we'll get into your calls and emails And we're back for more cup dates. Just kidding. <laughs> we have new stuff. Joel, we're starting with an email. Can I read it? Yeah, absolutely. For once? For Go once? off, sis. Go off. <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> blushing. <laughs> Hello, Joel and Mitra, Mitra and Joel. I only recently discovered your podcast after wishing there was a podcast where comedians <laughs> offer advice. There are so, so many. many. <laughs> Imagine if we were the only ones. You live in an alternate universe where there are no comedians. <laughs> there are two million, but thank you for choosing this one. Okay, so it didn't like register to me that sense when I first read it. Then I was stalking Joel's Twitter and then I found urgent care and I have so much to catch up on and I love it and I and love you both. Okay. So I had a friendship blow up two years ago. I always adored her and thought of her as confident and crazy in the best ways. I was supposed to be her maid of honor for her wedding. I was semi-tortured about this because she was marrying a guy who did not seem to make her happy and actually made her cry on multiple occasions when I was there. I also felt a lot of pressure because she told me she wanted her wedding to make up for years and years of her hanging out with this guy and not hanging out with our friend group and that I had to make sure that happened. 
The bachelorette trip was a disaster. I had to contend with seeing an ex-friend who ghosted me, so I wasn't feeling great. And then I didn't realize that we were going to be snorkeling in underwater caves, and I am super claustrophobic. I had two panic attacks and felt like I couldn't say no, so I did it and then completely dissociated for the rest of the trip. LOL. The day we got back, she disinvited me from being her maid of honor. She felt judged and like I was going to sabotage her special day. She told me I was a liability. Tensions were high. Anyway, after hearing that news, I felt so relieved. I wrote her an apology because I really saw for the first time how many insecurities she'd been hiding from me and felt awful that I had triggered her so badly when I truly had nothing but positive regard and wanted the best for her. I still went to the wedding and hung out with friends and had a good time, partly because I felt like she would be even more mad at me if I didn't come. But she and I haven't seen each other or talked since. Here's the part that I need help with. I'm going to be at two weddings when when the pandemic ends where she will be a guest. I don't want any more wedding drama. I just want to be drunk with my friends and scream along to kids by MGMT. But I don't know what to do. She was really so mad at me. Do we grow apart so much that we should not be friends anymore? Does she still resent me? And will that make any of my efforts futile? Do I not want her to be... Do I not want her to be, do I not want to be her friend now that she's even more tied to this guy for life? Is it wrong to have a conversation if I'm unsure I want to be friends with her in the future? Does a conversation need to rehash the past or is it better to try to move forward without getting into it? Thank you so much for your help. You're both invited to sit on my face. However, I have pandemic braces, so it might be less than ideal for all of us. Okay. Wow. This one really. Braces. Okay. Um, oh, underwater caves. <laughs> screaming, screaming to kids by MGMT. So oh she's God. a millennial. We know that. We know that. I, I when I read that, I go, okay. We know exactly what year she was born in. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. On the count of three, what year do you think she was born in? One, two, three. Nineteen eighty nine. Okay, so we're kind of in the same range. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> That felt really good. Um, yeah, I know. I think we can end it now. I think we yeah. won't be able to make it better than that. Okay, so. we should just call her nineteen Taylor Swift's nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, t- Taylor Swift's nineteen eighty nine. Okay. Um, wow. So, what do you think? So, what do you think she should do here? So, I think specifically because they're going to be at two weddings, they should have like coffee or something if they live in the same place or Zoom before. If it were just one, I have definitely avoided people at weddings before. I like you can do that, but two weddings is going to be so stressful, I think. Like one one ignoring, you can just be like, "Oh my god, I got so caught up. Well, I didn't sorry, we didn't get a chance to chat or whatever." Two weddings, you are hiding from each other. So, I think like if you can if you are in the same place, get coffee in a park or something like that. If you aren't, maybe Zoom. I just think if you want to have fun, you have to like kind of know even clear the air, clear the air. Because here's the thing. Getting coffee with her means nothing. It does not mean that you're going to restart this friendship. It does not mean that you're going to like slowly creep back into her life or vice versa. All it means is that you will know you will get that conversation out of the way. So you're not having it at somebody else's wedding. Yes, that's what's really stressful because it's like, yeah, it's like you're you're not going to be able to have fun if this thing is looming, like until you have this whatever the conversation is, whether it's like you guys sitting and crying for hours, like deciding you want to be friends again or whatever, or like maybe she doesn't want to talk to you, but whatever it is, even if you like reach out and she's like, I don't want to hang out with you, then you can confidently avoid each other at the wedding. And like, either way it's gonna make the experience better and like if she doesn't want to have anything to do with you then you have a really funny thing that you get to be like oh my god she's like she's being crazy (laughs) like you can you you will be so glad to 
say anything to each other before the wedding, I think. I actually, though, do think it's sort of fun to do it at the first wedding, too. Uh, because here's the thing. You're going to be drunk. It's going to be joyful. Maybe you're rolling like it like having those conversations in the heat of the moment under the influence can sometimes be the most healing thing you can do. So honestly, like if you are too chicken shit to have the conversation before the wedding, like pulling her aside during the hustle at the reception is maybe the best place to have this conversation. I had one of the most productive fights of my life at a New Year's Eve party. <laughs> <laughs> it, something with, about with the context who, like, of those situations really, yeah, it really does like because there's a time limit there you're there's people around you so you can't go too crazy with the conversation and then there's love in the air like the vibe is happy the vibe is joy the vibe is uh, loving and so like s people are just more apt to like want to have those sort of um come to Jesus like let's talk about this moments at the wedding i think it's 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 dangerous. It's you're and playing it, with fire. You're definitely you're the safer fire? choice is definitely talk before because then if you talk before and you have like decent vibes, then you can really like black out together at the wedding and like not work. Like even if you aren't going to hang out ever again, you can still just like be wedding friends or whatever. But um, confronting her in the ladies' room at your friend's wedding is also a really fun idea that I definitely support. It's fun. I mean, because it is like it. It does sort of bring things to a head in a way like these events like this fight with my friend at, at a party it was like we were like not on in a great place and I was like you know why I'm ignoring you right because <laughs> I was drunk and like you know you know me that's not really my my vibe at all <laughs> no it was very but it was this thing where I was like well I can't just like keep pretending <laughs> Never before, never again. Uh, <laughs> it, it was fun. Now it's funny. <laughs> so you got some. And how did out. it turn out? How did it turn out for you? Great. Uh, yeah. because, it was because like we had been sort of avoiding each other. And then we were at this party where it wasn't like a big party. And we were all like around each other. And it was so weird that we weren't like talking to each other that I sort of just snapped and was like. This is why. <laughs> yeah. So it seems from what we're hearing. It Taylor Swift's 1989. There is no wrong option here. Um, you can reach out or you can be messy. Yeah. And either way, you're, you're protected. Yeah. You're going to have a good time. <laughs> you're going to have a good ass time. So we have another email. Great. Um, and I'll read this one. Finally. <laughs> Hey, Joel and Mitra, Mitra and Joel and Chelsea slash Heather. I'm going to try and keep this brief. My girlfriend and I have not had sex in over a year. Yikes. Our sex life was dwindling before the pandemic. We'd had sex once a month or less, but lockdown really halted everything. We've been together six years, have a pet, move cities and have a solid group of friends. So our lives are pretty intertwined. To put it plainly, I'm horny, might be queer, but also might be too jealous for something open. It might be vain, but I miss feeling desired and the sense of rejection, lack of intimacy is really wearing me down. Everything else in the relationship seems to be working. We still talk about long-term goals for our relationship, and I think we're in it for the long haul, but our sex life is non-existent at this point. I don't know what to do. I think this could be my forever person, but I can't do forever without sex. I've always been the one to bring it up and try to do so gracefully, but haven't said anything in a while because I don't want to feel like I'm nagging. We've also discussed couples therapy as an option, but she didn't seem enthusiastic about it. This gap in our relationship has become a constant elephant in the room. Any tips on rekindling the flame or ideas on how to deal hinged and unhinged advice welcome please sit on my face love you both okay so there's an elephant in the room the bar vibes 
Um, the what? Babar. Babar the elephant. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. You never heard of Babar the fucking elephant? Wow. No. Who's another famous elephant to you then? Dumbo? Dumbo? <laughs> um, um, okay. Um, dum, Dumbo? <laughs> Dumbo. Dumbo. Because that's what he wants to be. Just a dumb hoe. Um, I think you need to break up. JK. JK. <laughs> I just wanted to. I just wanted to shock him. I just wanted to shock him. Oh, go to couples therapy. Please, please, go to couples therapy. And you know what? Like, look, I'm not enthusiastic about the idea of going to couples therapy either. I think I will. Like, I, I, I think I just think it. Like, why not? Like, it, it, it's maintenance. The way that like other like one on one therapy is. Yeah, I think like you have to couch this in. Hey, I think that I want to be with you forever and but there's some stuff that we need to work on. And specifically, I think if you are interested in opening up your relationship, getting into couples therapy and having them shepherd that is probably uh, a really really great idea, I think. Like having someone be a monitor, sort of a coach, sort of um a hall monitor vibe um for your open relationship. I mean, <laughs> straight people, I can't believe you even need it. Honestly, like just open up your damn relationship and get in there and get out. But um, I celebrate you getting into couples therapy and opening up your relationship because that's and what it, it sounds like you need. It's definitely not vain to want to be desired. No. Like, it's just not. I mean, so much of this, I think, is the pandemic. Like people's people are just not like for for me, at least, like the things that make me feel attractive or like so much of that is like being out in the world and like feeling like feel like going like going and doing things and like doing shows always makes me feel attractive like just there are mm-hmm. so many things that mm-hmm. are part of what make me feel good that are not a part of my life anymore so i think yep. and that's and that's you know i think that's not, not universal but i think that's pretty common and i think like people are as I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast, as we were talking about, like people are feeling disconnected from their bodies in a way that like, you just don't, we've, I've certainly never experienced it before this. And this new feeling of being sort of like thrust back into our bodies after a year of being largely stagnant is a really crazy feeling. And I think like, and, and so I wouldn't, it's, it's impossible not to take it personally when the person you love is not like, having sex with you and you want to be having sex with them. But a lot of this is probably more to do with your girlfriend than it is to do with you, but it clearly is affecting you. So it's not happening in a vacuum and it's not vain to want to be wanted, especially by the person who's part of their job is to want you. Yeah. Uh, You see this, you see this so much is that like everything in the relationship is working except for the sex part. And my suggestion, and this is not a long term fix, but it might spice things up for you for one night and just sort of maybe jumpstart something that you that may be missing in your relationship. Do some Molly. Get your hands on some grade A MDMA ecstasy and you will be so horny for each other, I think. I mean, you might not even be horny for each other, but it might just unlock an appreciation for each other as you're giving each other back rubs while you're listening to Rufus to Soul, you know? Like, I think it could be really... 
Yeah. Shrooms. That's another that's another horny. Like just getting high together could be helpful too to, to open up these conversations, like lubricate your relationship in a new, interesting way with recreational drugs. That is Love what I that. think you should do. Woo! Woo! We're the cool podcast. We're not the we're not fucking Dr. Ruth over here, okay? No. We are the cool podcast that's telling you to do illegal substances <laughs> to make your life a little bit better. Just to see. You never know what might happen. Yeah, that's fun. But take some Cialis or some Viagra before you take the Molly, because you won't be able to get hard, babe. You oh, just won't. Interesting. That's some, yeah, everybody knows that. But maybe you don't need to get hard. Maybe you just need to do some Molly and go down on her and see what happens to her. You know, might wake her up. It was hot. (laughs) (laughs) Making making a few calls after we're done. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe you don't even need to really open up the relationship fully. Maybe if you're especially if you're like queer curious, maybe ask her if you can download Grindr and just flirt, you know. Maybe all you need is to feel a little bit desired by a stranger. And, you know, if you set the parameters of like, I'm not going to meet up with anybody, but like, you know, sometimes it's fun to just flirt on an app. Yes. So much of it. I think so much of like just the day to day of like walking down the street and like seeing someone checking you out or something like that, like not having that. And I, I literally while we were walking around in Seattle, I like locked eyes with like someone driving a truck like through this Oof. park, like a park worker. And like we both looked back at each other twice. Oof. And it was like it was like I had just been fucked. It was crazy. <laughs> I was really like I just haven't had someone like turn back to look at me yeah. again. And I and it was crazy. I was like, oh, like I'm hot. <laughs> like there are people that think I'm hot. And like I just forgot. Like I, yeah. I and I hadn't had that happen in a fucking year and it was so awesome. <laughs> so Yeah, so maybe get yourself to Seattle and just walk up and down the streets until you find somebody in a truck, you know. You you, you would not believe the quality of people driving trucks in the park in Seattle. <laughs> I gotta go back to that park. It was incredible. Um, so maybe just walk down the street and see what happens. <laughs> just wear a tank top. See see what you can get from a tank top down the street. Okay. Yeah. Good yeah. luck to you. We love you. We love you. We love you. All right. We got another email. I can read this. Please. Thank you. Okay. Hi, Mitra and Joel. Joel and Mitra. I'm a 25-year-old straight woman and my pronouns are she, her. Against all odds, I managed to find a boyfriend during a global pandemic with with crutches and a giant sexy knee brace from a water skiing accident. Woo! The quality of detail today is, is like... Off the charts. Babe. Off the charts. We've got underwater cave. We've got, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm in awe of our listeners this week. Two I'm different kinds of braces. Oh, right. Wow. We're really get, getting everything today. <laughs> I'm a dental hygienist, and I accidentally cleaned his teeth a few times before our first date. Wow. But which and, and then he messaged me on Hinge. I think a global pandemic gives me a HIPAA violation hall pass, right? <laughs> Anyways, fast forward seven months later, and I could not write down on paper a more perfect human. He's a 6'5 PhD student that's fucking rich. What? <laughs> okay, I'm Excuse rock hard. Me, bitch. <laughs> This is like our, like, th- th- I think this is the episode where I've been the most horny. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Smart, sexy, funny, and addicted to online oh, gambling. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> 
we're not laughing at you. We're just laughing at how horny we got before we got to the turn. And and you really set it up beautifully. Like this you is really a testament did. to your ability as a writer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew he played online poker for money, but only recently have discovered that it's actually a crippling gl- gambling addiction. Glambling. <laughs> gambling addiction. <laughs> During the last pandemic year, all of his work slash classes moved to remote, so he's home all day, dual monitors, playing poker while he's going to class. He's mentioned here and there that he has a problem and has said multiple times that he's going to stop playing so much or only play in the boys game one night a week. I pressed him a little on it and he assured me that he wins more than he loses. So last Tuesday, he comes to bed at 2 a.m. radiating anxious energy and tells me he lost $550 that night. He finally fessed up to being down $2,500, which honestly, I assume it's more. He's told me multiple times over the last seven months he's going to stop playing poker so much, but it seems to have only gotten worse. I know we're obviously not married and his money is his, but this is a major red flag. How do I go about this? I've brainstormed with him blocking the websites, limiting it to only after he's done with his work or playing once a week with his friends. Once again, he's a smart, sexy, and hilarious. He's smart, sexy, and hilarious, and I love him, so I'm willing to put in some effort helping this man. Sigh. Y'all can both sit on my face. I hope you give me a good name. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we do too. We um, always hope that we give good names, but sometimes <laughs> what we hope and what we do, two separate things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. HIPAA. HIPAA. Um, okay. Gambling. Poker. Um, okay. We've got like Poker Face, um, Texas Hole. Lady HIPAA. Lady HIPAA. <laughs> Well, like no, Lady that's Gaga? Not Lady Gaga. No. Oh, no. Lady Hippo's poker face. <laughs> Lady Hippo's poker face. Well, sorry. You didn't get the good name you were hoping for. Uh, well, well we can't, you can't fire on all cylinders all the time. No, 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 no. It's the pandemic. We're and on this struggling. podcast, we dare to fire on no cylinders all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So. Wait, what about like, Stephanie? What about. Instead of Lady, oh no! Lady, I heard Stephanie, I so I'm already scared. <laughs> Stephanie German HIPAA. <gasps> Wait, okay. Honest Seven, question: of, yeah. Do you think that's better? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was the original one? What was the original one? <laughs> Lady HIPAA's poker face. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Wait, Stephanie, what? Germa Hippa? Germa Hippa? Let's do it. Stephanie Germa Hippa. <laughs> Wait, Stephanie Gambling Hippa? <laughs> Gambling Hippa. Gambling Hippa. Yeah. Okay. So I'm spelling. <laughs> we really made it worse. <laughs> it is funny to read it is a funny one to read it's it's funnier on the page i would say but <laughs> but yeah. maybe it can be titled that joy mm-hmm. <laughs> okay um so it feels out of control i mean this person's doing it all day every day and is losing a lot of money it sounds like the kind of thing where this person could maybe go to like a gam like a gambler's anonymous type thing isn't that isn't there isn't there like there yeah, are like support groups for this? Um, I, I think this is what she needs to do. She needs to she needs to sort of crawl deeper into the crevasse to be able to get him out of it. Which is she needs to involve herself more financially. She needs to loan him money that he will then lose, and then he will feel so bad that he has affected her and her finances that that will finally be the push that he needs to finally stop gambling. Joel, I hate that. Nope. <laughs> 
It's the only answer. It's the only answer. She needs to entangle herself even more financially into this man so that he ruins her. And in ruining her, finally is able to see the harm that he is doing to both himself and the people that he loves. Because obviously harming himself is not enough. He needs to harm her, too. And so I think she should start loaning him money. That's what I think. I legitimately think that's the best course of action here. Look, all all minds are beautiful. No bad ideas. I hate that so much. (laughs) (laughs) I really think, though, if he's confronted with losing her money, it's going to be a change because, like, obviously losing his money does not affect him. But I think he thinks he can get out of holes. So if he loses her money, he'll probably be like, I got to get I got to get out of the hole. I got to go. I got to do even more. I got to do even more and make it worse. I feel like the thing with gambling is like it always feels like you can do more and you can you can get there and like you can you can game the system and win and all this stuff. And he'll fuck it up even more. I feel like I mean, mine is much more boring, but like get his ass in Gamblers Anonymous, like get him in fucking therapy groups because it's not going to get better. Like it, we're going to be on computers all the time still. So if he's like and he's like wasting his wasting his time in class, too, which I'm like being a narc, but I'm just like if you're spending all day, it's like fucking consuming nerd. his life. It's like but it's like it is sad. It's like it is really sad. Like. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's a real bummer because, like, I get, like, you know, somebody who's so great on paper, but it's like, if he's if he's not willing to, like, listen to you and help himself, whether that's gambling your money or going to Gamblers Anonymous, <laughs> then that is, like, a major red flag. It's like, when someone who loves you is worried about you and puts themselves out there enough to say, I'm worried about you... It's a it's a it's a good test of him to see what his response is. Yeah, it's tough. I think that there's an ultimatum here that you can also make. I think if you really want to go there, it's it's getting to the place where you need to go there and say you either need to take actionable steps to help yourself or I'm out. Yeah. I'm out of here, babe. I'm hitting yeah. the road. Because um, you like you might not be. Entangled. That's the only leverage you have. You only have your presence in his life right now, unless you want to give him money to gamble. And I just think like, you know, you're you're not financially entangled right now. But if things continue to get more serious, you eventually might be. So it does affect you. It is something that is alarming when you think about your future. And, you know, some people can gamble and not like lose control. This does not seem like one of those people. So like really figure out. It does feel important, like, because if you do combine funds at some point, like, he could be losing your money. And and, and who knows, maybe he'll be losing it now if you follow Joel's initial advice. <laughs> I still think it's a brilliant idea. I think it's a brilliant idea. You go deeper into the cave to then eventually come out of the darkness. Well, it, it, like our first caller, though, you get deeper into the cave and then you have a panic attack and you dissociate for a weekend. Dissociate. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I'm just trying to prevent that from happening. And Joel wants it to happen. I want it to happen because I, I think that it will shake it will shake things up enough that he'll finally see. It'll be the <laughs> m- the mirror held up to his own behavior that he needs to change. You're that society. <laughs> society meet mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Broke. Coffee okay. meet bagel. Okay. Um, <laughs> my dating app is like for anarchists. Society meet mirror. <laughs> society meet mirror. Oh my god. Horrible. Bad. 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 Okay. Bad. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Should we take a break? Yeah, we need to. We absolutely have to. Legally, we have to. Yep. Bye. 
back from the break. Um, and we, we have an email. An email. And should um, I or should you? I'm going to read it because um, this person's gay, cis male, and I'm gay, cis male, and we like that symmetry. Okay. <laughs> Error to acting? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually. Um, dear Mitra and Joel, Joel and Chelsea, Mitra and July. Wow, really shaking things up. I am a 30-something gay cis male who works at a donut shop. Cute. I have a colleague who is a few years younger than me who loves to call everybody baby or sweetie. Sometimes she even addresses me as handsome, which I appreciate because, sh- sure, I think t- I like to think I am handsome, but still, I'm her coworker. Don't call me that. Um, she is generally well-meaning, but it grinds my gear so hard every time I hear it. For one, her actual boyfriend is on staff with us, so it's weird to hear her call him babe and then turn to me and call me sweetie. Also, it can be so hard to understand what she is actually saying because she throws those words in so much. E.g., hey, baby, just want to let you know, baby, we need more glazed donuts, baby. <laughs> to, to ask her to repeat herself, to decipher what she is saying between all these terms of endearment. It's so annoying. I know I could just ask her to stop or complain to our manager about it, but I'd rather find a way to be just as annoying to her ideally without annoying my other co-workers because i like everyone else xo just almost said your name why do you (laughs) why do people do that um i don't understand because i'm just gonna read it um okay so we've (laughs) got to show that'll show him okay um donut um baby sweetie crispy cream duncan um and uh, entomans (laughs) (laughs) Into men's, into into men's. into men's, because he's gay, he's gay ass, and it's intimate, and it's intimate, intimens. Oh, I see. I think we're saying something different. We need oh, to what decide. What are you it. saying? Is it into men's or is it intimates? No, no, it's into it's intimens. I just think it does. It accomplishes multiple things. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's intimate. both intimate and intimate. Intimate. Okay. And, <laughs> and I dare someone to try and spell that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, intimate. Um, I say, here's what I have Wait, to say to you. What about C coordinator? <laughs> oh, you remember the thing you did with Lady Gaga? <laughs> <laughs> I'm remembering it. That's why I didn't say a word. And then maybe little Mitra can have Intamin's C coordinator. Intamin's C coordinator. Intamin's C coordinator. I am making myself laugh. Laugh. Laugh, 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 laugh. <laughs> um, th- here's my advice. Leave her alone! <laughs> I love her. I love her and her weird, like, uh, terms of endearment pick. Is she rockabilly? (laughs) Does she have huge gauges and pink hair? She sounds rockabilly. (laughs) I think she makes her own 1950s clothes. (laughs) Whenever anyone's like, sweetie, doll, I'm like, you're, yeah, we get it. Like, you're from another era. I get being annoyed with this person. <laughs> but if she's rockabilly, leave her alone. If she's not rockabilly, then she must be stopped. That's how I feel. But how do you stop somebody without being a narc to the manager or just asking her to stop? That's what he's asking. He's asking for a workaround. Oh, he wants to be just as annoying to her. Um, 
I mean, the, I think the workaround is to be like, okay, baby. Like, I think it's to be like, to do do what she's doing to you, but more and more. But annoying. not, he can't use any of the words, the same words that she's using. She has to come up with new, weirder words to call, like weirder terms of endearment to call her. Like, Okay, foot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, little beaky. My little beaky. Maybe, maybe like, you find your own horrible words of endearment, but maybe they can be things that play on things that you intuit to be her insecurities. Um, like for wow. me, it would be like, okay, nose. <laughs> <laughs> JK, I'm fine with my nose. <laughs> it felt like obvious one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's um, if you want to be like mean. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if we're if trying you, to be mean, if you want to be yeah, if you want to be cruel about it, you can be like, "Hey, crooked teeth," you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. Te- you just say like, "Can you not?" <laughs> but, or if you just start, re- I th- I think so- sometimes mimicking really helps. Like mimicking back the behavior. Like if she's calling you baby, like you just sort of overdo it, like give it, bounce it back to her, but tenfold, you know, like instead of, um, what is, what was the, um, the, the, instead of, Hey baby, just want to let you know, baby, we need more glazed donuts, baby. It's Hey baby, just baby want to baby, let you know, baby, that we need baby more glazed baby donut, baby. Wow. Amazing, Joel. And doesn't that sound like a language that it, like a set of twins would create? Yes. I was just thinking it sounded like like fake sibling talk. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, anytime twins are like... <laughs> all the twins. Fucking hate all the twins shit. we know who do that. Yeah. Hate those shit. <laughs> I'm like, this is for you and your God. Get that out of my face. I hate yeah. that shit. Um, yeah, make fun of it to her face, I guess. Make fun I of guess. it to her face. <laughs> um, leave little notes around, leave little anonymous notes around the office, around the donut office. That's a good one. I feel like also, like, if you're not going to be direct, I feel like there's like, you could, you could all, like always have some, like, be like, well, buy me dinner first, baby. Or like, like call it out, but in sort of a playful way that like makes her realize how often she's doing it. Maybe she just doesn't think about it. Probably doesn't. Overall, it is like probably fine, but I get that it's annoying. <laughs> like, yeah. Or if you can make it make it seem like you're um, make it seem like you're re- you're taking it really seriously. Like whenever she calls you handsome, be like, you think I'm handsome? You think what this specifically? Body? Yeah. <laughs> Which part of my body do you like? Do you think is the most handsome? And then sort of in turns, like sort of turn it around and sexually harass her. Um, but she yeah, initiated, that, so that it's sounds okay. really positive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Tell me which part of my body you want to baby. If I'm a daddy. baby, does that make you my mommy? Yeah, yeah call her mommy, like mommy or daddy. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Call her daddy because that's weirder. Yeah, call her daddy. Thank you, daddy. I will give you the donuts, daddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll start to get the hit. I think. Yeah, that's nice. Okay, great. Well, good luck. <laughs> have fun terrorizing her. Um, we, we have, have one, one last call. call. And it's a doozy. It's one of the most, sh- like, it's going to rock your world, I think. I think. It's rocked mine. Let's play it. Hi. Oh, God. I'm not. No. <laughs> <laughs> See, what we've sort of done here is humiliate an innocent man. Uh- <laughs> we, we, we welcome you to come back. You are in safe hands, but also legend. I, legend. I, I, feel this <laughs> yeah 
I mean, I can, I can, I can feel exactly what he went through when he heard our voicemail message and then suddenly had to turn away. Like the energy yeah. just left his body. Completely. Well, we're here whenever you're ready. <laughs> And if you want the opportunity to give up on our voicemail line, you can call us at 323-334-0371 or email us at urgentcarepod at gmail.com. Please rate and review us five stars on iTunes. We need it. We need it. It's we all we need have. It. it is literally in these times. So that is literally all we have. Um, yeah, that's our episode. Yeah, felt good. Gotcha. Felt good. Saturday vibes. Yeah. Another Saturday record in the books. Um, thanks so much for listening. Um, thanks for all the nice emails people send. <laughs> we like don't always have time to reply, but they're really, really nice and make us yeah. so happy. Um, and thank you, Chelsea. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, July. Thank you, everyone at Earwolf. Literally every goddamn God. one of you. <laughs> every little, ev- everyone from Colin Anderson right at the top of Earwolf down to every little mouse that's chewing on the cords in the Earwolf offices right now. <laughs> every little mouse. And Joel. Mm, what? Thank you for the music, the songs I'm singing. Thanks for all the joy they've given. Thank you, Mitra. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>